Finding that stillness and that okayness in yourself, which is another gift of recovery, is that I don't actually have anything to hide anymore. <laughs> I'm not doing anything wrong and I'm okay. Like, I'm okay, you know, inherently, I'm okay, okay. you know, even in situations where there's chaos and um, hmm. like that space for, for breath. Stories are powerful. Powerful. Welcome to the Rise, Recover, Live podcast brought to you by The Phoenix. This is a space where people impacted by substance use can come to share their story of strength and resilience, get open and honest, and inspire hope and build community through shared experience. We'll be talking to people in our community on their own recovery journey and shine a light on the topic of recovery in all its forms. Maybe you'll hear some of your story in theirs. Let's show the world that together we rise, recover, and live. Hey, everybody, this is Andy Short. You might remember me from episode 34 of this very podcast. I am here to talk a little bit about Pride Season at the Phoenix. Uh, as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, I know it can be hard to find sober or recovery-focused Pride spaces. Phoenix is here to change that. We got hundreds of events across the country for y'all in person, online, social events, workouts, hikes, all kinds of amazing celebrations for the community. So come on out. If you can hear the sound of my voice, I love you personally, the person who is listening. You are loved by me. Create the space with us and let's have an amazing pride season. And how you can do that, it's pretty easy. Just go to your local app store, download the Phoenix app, see what's happening nearby or online, and come on out. What's up, everybody? And welcome to a very special episode of the Rise Recovery Live podcast. We are your hosts, Bryce the Third, he, him pronouns. And Liz McKean, she, her pronouns. And why is this episode so special, Liz? Um, well, I think everything is special when I get to be sitting right next to you in real life. <laughs> and that, that part, that voice that I do, I did the same thing last time we were next to each other. <laughs> I can't seem to not do that. That's my excited I'm next to Bryce voice. That's the excitement voice. Also, the fact that we are in New York right now. New York City. Yeah, we are in a hotel room overlooking, where we're at, Manhattan? We're in, yeah, we're in Chelsea. Yep. Yeah. Which is a very cool neighborhood that I've been wandering the last 24 hours and... Yeah, it's been really cool. Yeah, we're we're accidentally not in the same hotel, but <laughs> we make it work. It'd be like that sometimes. And I think that's what we want to talk about today. Uh, just uh, we want to do like some tips. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to do a bunch of episodes like this, but they're going to be little snack sized episodes with, you know, and tips might not even be the right word for it because we, like we've talked about in anything that we do on this podcast, like we can speak from our own experience and like give some tools that have worked for us. Mm -hmm. But whenever I think of tips, I think of things that are, you know, might be universally helpful. And there might be things that I know that there's things that I do, um, you know, to just maintain and celebrate my own recovery and sobriety that wouldn't necessarily work for someone else. So I guess maybe this is just like the start of the conversation and sharing our, our tools, our personal tools. Yeah. For, yeah. For walking this path. Yeah, sort of like sort of like a, another a deeper element of storytelling. Yeah. Um, you know, this is kind of how I've navigated these things in recovery. And we welcome you all to share what your experience has been. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the thing. Like that's the thing that that this podcast is so good for and these conversations are so valuable for is 
to be open about things that maybe are hard, you know, and, and know that you're not alone in that being hard. And also, guess what? I experienced this hard thing maybe a little bit sooner than you did. And I've got some things that worked. So maybe it doesn't have to be as hard for you as it was for me. Um, and also just like an invitation to give yourself grace because there are, there, there are things to navigate in recovery that are navigatable, but also worth talking about. Yeah. So we just found it uh, pretty cool to have another touch point with you all and be able to pop in like an extra little bonus episode and talk about different things that are variables of life and recovery and uh, how we've been able to navigate it. So since we are currently traveling, the first area that we thought we'd talk about would be traveling. So travel when sober or when in recovery and how that might differ from traveling before. And I know for me, it was an enormous difference and I've needed to create a lot of tools and strategies that help me to feel safe on the road. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it. How about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really ready to get into it. Um, I think, first of all, I'd like to acknowledge the fact that like sobriety for me has opened up the opportunity to travel. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even really even travel like that when I was uh, in active uh, addiction just because like... I, my focus w- wasn't leading me towards being able to move around and see different things. I wasn't focused on expanding my mindset. I wasn't, I wasn't focused on expanding my, like my cultural appreciation. I wasn't focused on seeing anything different other than what it is that I had seen. Um, that wasn't my focus. So I think I, I want to acknowledge that it is one of the promises, one of the blessings, one of the privileges, one of the honors to be able to move around the country and, and soon enough, like outside of the country, uh, due to my sobriety and my recovery. Heck yeah. That's so true. Yeah, that mobility and that ability to have other priorities than, you know, where that next fix is going to come from. You know, I certainly never wanted to travel with someone who wasn't going to want to drink like I did. I didn't want to travel to a place where that wasn't going to be a focus. Um, You know, and if that was a possibility, I would find ways to work it in. And that took so much brain power that it would take away from any, any other cool things that could have happened um in travel yeah so yeah it's it's so much freedom and with that freedom comes sometimes triggers yeah triggers new challenges Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) you know when you change the environment when you change the culture uh things might shift a bit Mm -hmm. and you know learning how to navigate those things is i i think at least for me and my personal recovery has been one of those welcome challenges but a challenge nonetheless so like what are some specific things that you've dealt with um when it comes to traveling and being in recovery yeah so it was almost surprising to me to realize how much I had associated travel with drinking. Um, I don't know why that was surprising because I had everything was about drinking. But I remember the first time I booked a flight um, in sobriety and I just immediately was looking for layovers because I used to make sure that I had a layover because it would be possibly the only time, you know, if I'm, I'm, I've left home, I've been on a plane and now I'm in some airport in some city where I don't live and I don't know anybody, you know, and I'm still got another airplane to get on. There's endless bars, no matter what time of day it is, it would be like my opportunity to just like go hard. And so I always looked for layovers. Mm. And so the first time I started to schedule a flight and I was like, oh, I could just take a one-way flight. I don't have to, I don't have to stop anywhere. (laughs) Like I could just go all the way and not have to stop somewhere. And that felt weird because it was almost like an instinct that I hadn't realized that I had. Mm. Um, The funny thing about it is that when I 
started flying and taking some longer flights, I realized, oh wait, I I actually do need that little bit of break in between. I, I break up my flights. I know anytime we go to Denver, everybody's always looking for the the what's the it called nonstop. Yeah, yeah. Non-stop, yeah. And I I struggled to be on a plane for more than a couple hours at a time. And that has to do with my anxiety. So, you know, anxiety was a part of my life far before I even picked up a drink. And then it but it had a lot to do with my drinking and the way that I drank. And now that I'm now that it's separate, you know, I'm able to like hone back in on tools for anxiety. And that's incredibly important because when my anxiety is managed, then my recovery is in a safer space. So to now be like, all right, I do sometimes need to break up those longer flights. I don't need three hours, you know, in an airport in between flights, but I do want to give myself a moment to stretch my legs and use the restroom and get something to eat and, um, you know, find a quiet corner and take a few breaths. Uh, that has actually been a really great strategy for me. And it makes flights cheaper sometimes too. Mm. So yeah. side bonus. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm, no, that's that's uh that's unique in a way that I would never like purposely not choose a nonstop flight. Yeah. But it's like I think it's indicative of like everybody needs what it is that they need and there is no right way to do anything. Yeah. Um and how you hear about like certain practices and it'd be like, you know, maybe I need to do that too. It's like, well, maybe you don't because mm-hmm. you're not that person. Right. But that's what comes with the ability to be self-aware, which is inherent in, re- in recovery. Well, self-aware and then also to be okay saying it out loud. Because I know that I've had conversations when I, when I say that, usually people kind of have the reaction that you do, which is like, oh, like, well, I don't, I don't want that. I want to have a nonstop play. Like that's, yeah. that's different. And to be able to be like, yeah, you know, it's just better for my anxiety. Like, and here's why. And mm. to be able to like put words to that, you know, without any kind of shame surrounding it and actually some pride knowing that I've found a thing that makes me feel better and makes me feel safer. And I, and I do it and I stick to it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm proud of that. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, the the only real tip that I could think of to to leave on the floor today would just be to allow time, like especially for me. Uh, and if we're talking about like the things that we deal with, like uh, being attention deficit diagnosed, um, not allowing myself time allows for my anxiety and my frustration and my lack of patience to really kick in and be triggered. And so like getting to the airport, if I'm at the airport, I got to be there, you know, an hour or two early just to make sure, um, uh, giving myself maybe like a week in advance before I begin to pack or like at least start meditating on what I'm a pack and like what the nature of the travel is like in enough time to allow myself space to kind of get that thing together. Cause otherwise like, um, especially security, like security could be a very triggering thing for yeah. a lot of people yeah. and I see it so much when I'm in the lines and I'll be chilling for real but it's because I give myself that that space to to kind of cultivate peace before I even get to security it was like even if every if you pull me to the side and you flip my stuff inside out it's like I'll be okay because I kind of like expect whatever to happen and it's like I prepare myself spiritually for that like that's that's big for me um, and that's like one of the things that has helped me to have like peaceful travel because you know a lot of times where we have these experiences out and out and about like there's things to be frustrated about and there's this 
extra layer, this other element of I'll add to the frustration where it's like, oh, this thing didn't go how I planned. And now I, th- the whole trip is ruined or now I'm just, you know, and then being in that energy allows for like more things to get messed up because now you're not even paying attention to where you're going or, you know, maybe you could have made your flight, but the, the way that, you know, you were rushing and frustrated, uh, you know, you were being mean to the security person and that security person they didn't like, like to be mean, being mean to, so they pulled you to the side even more. Now you got to go to the back room, you, you know? Um, I've learned in in recovery that I don't have control over people, place, or things, nor do I have control over an environment. But what I do have control over is my attitude. And a lot of times I've seen that attitude play a role in cultivating an environment that allows for me to excel. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing you say, you know, that you're giving yourself a lot of grace um, in addition to just, you know, actual space. And then you're also giving, you know, the people around you grace. And then there's this just acceptance of that, that you don't have control over everything that's happening around you, but, um, finding that, finding that stillness and that okayness in yourself, which is another gift of recovery is that I don't actually have anything to hide anymore. (laughs) I'm not doing anything wrong and I'm okay. Like, I'm okay, you know, inherently, I'm okay, mm. you know, even in situations where there's chaos and um, hmm. like that space for for breath. Yeah. Yeah. In the midst of chaos, you in know, chaos. a lot of times we think we, we got to go off to a mountain somewhere where there's nobody, no, no music, no nothing. And that's where we'll find serenity. But oftentimes I found that recovery has, has required me to discover how to have serenity in the midst of chaos, in the midst of things burning down yep. and just not be an addition to the flame, if yeah. that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. And so... Uh, we just wanted to kind of pop on and do a quick tip episode, uh, try something new. Um, this, this is the first of many. This is an opportunity for us to have another touch point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I think, job well done. We, we accomplished what we set out to do. Huh? I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Go team go from New York. We're live from New York. It's Rise, <laughs> Recover, Live. We should have started that way. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I think we did it. And I think, you know, there's so much more to be said about travel. Like we kind of stuck to really, you know, flying really has mm-hmm. been has been the the topic of this episode so i think there's room where we can talk and talk about more things and this is a place that we definitely need you uh let us know what areas you are interested in and you know we we just want to have these conversations as as much as possible because there's as many stories as there are people who need to hear them yeah and the best way they could do that is hop on the app store or the google play store go grab the phoenix app and then we grab the phoenix app which gives you access to the community to you know a whole bunch of different programming locally and virtually uh hop on the community group for arise recovery of the podcast come in there you could talk to liz and i and really tell us what it is that you've appreciated about this new type of uh contact with you all this this new touch point um and and let us know like what are some travel tips that you've discovered and cultivated as you've been in recovery or what are some things that you are maybe worried about i know one thing for me um is like Scotland or like Ireland where like maybe to be offered a drink is to like show love and if I decline that drink will I be being disrespectful um and this is a question that I don't have an answer to yet but it's something that I've thought about like dang should I go to Dublin like should I like is that something that I need to be worried about so it's like if you have anything like that that you're wondering or uh you know are curious about like throw that in a chat and then we'll, we'll figure out how to continue this conversation around this yeah 
Yeah, I love it. Well, we can't wait to hear from you. And uh, thank you for being here with us. We wish you were here with us because it's a pretty cool place to be. Be sure you subscribe. Don't miss a single episode. And if you'd be so kind to rate and review, it gets this out there for more people to hear. We appreciate you so much. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of Rise, Recover, Live. See ya. So now you're excited. Bryce, Liz, how do I get involved with the Phoenix? Well, my friend, it is super simple. We actually have an app. Head over to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store or look in the show notes of this podcast, wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast and go download the Phoenix app. The Phoenix app makes it so easy to find classes that are near you or to access our virtual class schedule where you can hop on from the comfort of your home. You can also join our groups and have a conversation with someone from the Phoenix community from anywhere in the world. Please make sure that you join the podcast group where you can connect with Bryce and I and other listeners. Everything that you need is in the show notes. You can also head to our website at www.thephoenix.org. And maybe while you're there, you click the volunteer tab and get even more involved. 